friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Kirby, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and lady in a red dress. Aw, Alex Dandino. That was for you, buddy. That was just for you to start Preach. off this lovely day. If the pod's gonna get quit, we're gonna do it together. Uh, before today's just moist, drippy, jet ski of an episode, a little business, people, it's official! We're on Patreon, that's right, patreon.com, slash Pod. If you like the show, you want to support the show, that's the best way to do it. You also get a ton of awesome shit if you do it. We have a big Patreon exclusive library, we have mini series. we have commentaries, we have all kinds of fun stuff we work on, uh, putting over there. That you can enjoy, right? So if you have the ability, you want to support the show, you want to get more out of the show, you want to vote on what we put in that Patreon exclusive library, you want to get every pod in the uh, the the looming October Mega Marathon. Patreon.com slash pod. That's where you get it done. Uh, we appreciate it so much for those of you who support us and hope that we'll see some of you soon. Go to YouTube, Film Alchemist to the channel, subscribe there. Email the pod, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. So go ahead and reach on out over there. We'll talk to you there. Uh, and make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews to help us uh, defeat the algorithmic insurance fraud. There we go. The true villains of the story. The true billionaires uh, insurance. That's where it always happens, right? It's always around insurance. Ah! Well, right, you're not here to talk about it. One insurance. more thing: make sure you check out Misfit Parade, Griffey and the oh, Griffey and right. the Friends making movies. These guys, they just put out a new one right, called check. Bouquet. Truly lovely. Check it. Yeah, check out the gang. Check out the gang. Uh, mm -hmm. Bouquet dropped. This will drop in the future, so we'll have even oh, more. Oh yeah, short Bouquet films just dropped for that. me in the future. In, in probably the a new world, one. Yeah. We're pretty much time traveler pods. Yeah, Misfit Parade. You can find us everywhere. Uh, we're dropping tons of cool shit over yeah. there. Uh, that's fun too. Now let's get back. Let's get deep. Let's get into today's quit film. Uh, deep Rising. I fucking love the movie Deep Rising. Not as like a oh look at this fucking thing. I. This is not like an ironic. Like I think it's funny to say that I love Deep Rising. Mm -hmm. I think it is such a joyous movie. Yeah. It is funny. It has really good, very well played out kind of monster attack scenes. Uh -huh. But what I really take from it, it has this incredible cast of kind of character actors, right? People that all should have been dramatically bigger than they ever got, right? So Famke Jansen, crush of the 90s mm. because of Xenia on the top. That's still how I want to die. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, Treat Williams, dead heat fame. Uh, Anthony Heald, who's one of the all-time, like, top five best, like, rich pieces of shit to hate in a movie. Yep. Right? Just crushing this. Kevin J. O'Connor. You got Wes Studi, uh, who I've always loved. Jason Fleming. Damon Hansu. Uh, Cliff Curtis, dude. So this Cliff movie is Curtis. fucking stacked, it's stacked with actors that I just fucking adore. And they all find this real... It's, it's a very kind of... Uh, it's almost like His Girl Friday on the Sea with jet skis and monsters, right? It's got a real, like, pitter-patter to how they're all fucking joking about. Sure, yeah. And I just, I fucking love it. Yeah. Like, it's a weird medley of characters. I think for the most part, the monster works really well. And it's just, it's a fun, 
fucking playground of a movie, man. I, I, I unabashedly think this movie is a fucking blast. And I'm glad that we're getting wit today talking about it. So, Alex, opening thoughts on Deep Rising. I agree with everything you said, to be honest with you. I think that, I think Deep Rising for what, actually, I think, I'm starting to start the cast. Because I want to say this, yeah. Stephen Summers, so this is, I think, Stephen Summers' first, one of his first directing, one of his first directing jobs. This is obviously before The Mummy. But this is something that he does better than a lot of, like, actioneer directors, which is, Besides, like, the little pitter-patter between the, you know, the His Girl Friday thing with Fomka Jansen and Treat Williams, he really knows how to cast movies with people who are going to make the movie interesting and entertaining. Because I think everybody in this movie knows what the movie is. No one is, like, Mm -hmm. no one is thinking it's, no one's thinking it's anything other than what it really is, which is a, a lot of fun. And I think that is something. That's yeah, very maybe the like movie. cruise captain is like the only guy who's like, I'm a serious not. Derek expert. O'Connor. Yeah, he's the only okay. one who's like, oh, I'm a serious nautical exactly expert. Exactly on board with what we're doing. Yeah, he's the one who's doing the lighthouse. Everyone else is like making a fun yeah. like action movie. I, so to me, yeah, they're like, let's make the Australian puke, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like doing. He yeah, he's he's doing real, real. Uh, <laughs> Real nautical engineer people thing. Everyone else is just like, dear dude. God, man. Like yeah. everyone else is basically, like, dude. We have summer camp for six weeks for making a monster movie. Let's fucking rage, man. Like I, yes. the love and enjoyment everyone clearly is having on that set is so apparent because they're just having a blast saying this, saying these lines. Like I had no idea until I read it. That Tree Williams, like, the catchphrase is, oh, now what? I'm like, oh, I just thought that was something people were saying because he was just like, well, something else is happening. Now what? (laughs) I love it. Yeah, he's so... But they they have so many weird... The one that I just was fucking rolling at yesterday, and maybe it's because my wife made me go see Barbie that day. Uh, So I was in that headspace that, you know, men have some work to do. Right, yeah. But when, when the fucking guy's on the boat and he goes to check on the welder lady, oh my and he's God. like, chick with the muscles, chick with the muscles, and I was just fucking dying laughing. I was like, oh my God, dude, what a fucking dude, 90s movie I, affectation. I was fucking rolling laughing. So the minute the movie started, I'm like, I already know why this is Griffey's, like, one of Griffey's, like, truly favorite movies, which is because the first opener... Not because of that, but because of the opener text, right? This like opening hidden text. mountain range. This, this like, like thing about the, the South China Sea. I, I didn't write it down, but I was just yeah, like, this deeper is deeper than uh, any man or machine has ever explored. Vessels have gone without a trace. It remains a mystery. Yeah. And then we start with this like pretty terrible monster vision. Yeah, it's like and really, you're like uh, it's like if Jaws okay. had glau- it's like Jaws having glaucoma. Like it's really bad. <laughs> Yeah, and dial-up internet, where it's like... Oh, no, dial-up internet's coming to get me. Shinagun skinny dipping. Yeah, but then... So that's not great. But then immediately, we're on this fucking speedboat, right? You got Treat Williams. You got the whole fucking, you know, motley crew of these assassin-type guys. Oh, my God, Jason Fleming. Jesus Christ, I completely forgot. Yeah, Jason Fleming. Yeah, but, you know, Panatucci's finding missiles. Treat Williams going... We hired you for your reputation. I get paid to shut up and do my job, so I shut up and do my job. And it's fucking, like, the setup of this, too. It's pretty good. It's, like, a really great idea. Yeah. So, essentially, 
these mercenaries were hired to help rob a vessel that the man who created this luxury yacht yeah. Just this absolute fucking C-word of a man. Yeah, it's uh, the guy from the guy from Silence of the Lambs, who is truly like, if there was ever an actor who was like, you know what I'm going to do? My entire career is going to be based around the fact that I look like the most punchable white man on yeah. camera. You're like, great, thank yeah. you. Anthony Hill just, because that scene when he's like, this was my dream, this was your dream, and he's like, I see you here, so elegant, so rich. And immediately you're on the couch. Like, oh, I hate you. Oh my yeah, god, like, you are oh, gonna you are gonna die spectacularly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not Wes Anderson. I don't just have like an infatuation with rich people going through it. Uh, that bothers me a lot. As <laughs> I, like, I was talking to my buddy, he's like, "Hey man, cause he told me to watch Darjeeling uh, Limited or whatever." Right? I just watched it. It's like a really important movie to him. I actually think it's great. And I'm not like a huge Wes Anderson fan, but I thought that movie was really enjoyable. Yeah. And I just texted him and I was like, must be nice to have existential crisis when you're just rich enough to fucking go hang out (laughs) and have people run your luggage around. That's the difference, right? So these are people that we're not feeling exceptionally bad for as an audience as we know what's coming down on them, right? Right. What I think is the cool choice is the crew gets there, and then it immediately turns into a haunted house movie. Yes. Or it's almost like slasher rules, right? Like, we're walking around kind this haunted of. house, someone gets got. And I, mean, I, I think, because that's the thing. I think if they were running through these crowded, you know, scenes, and you're doing more of, like, a, a diehard, right? Right. I don't know that that's as fun as the slasher on the well, sea. So I think that the script, right, because just from even meeting them, you know that they have torpedoes, right? You see all this fucking bad shit coming. And I thought it was just, it's a really cool moment in the script is that the bad shit already got there before them. Yeah. And so they're all walking around like, what the fuck? I don't know. I just, I think this movie has a really strong, the dialogue obviously strong. The characters and actors are obviously strong. It just makes a lot of right choices that set you up to right. go, oh, now we're just doing a fucking tentacle buffet and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, again, the movie never strays from the exact notion of what it is. At no point did I get the assumption that anyone was trying to do anything other than just a fucking fun monster movie, right. haunted house. Like, what are we going to, like, what hijinks are we going to get up to now? Like, there's all these great bits from other movies about being on a sinking ocean liner somewhere. Like, mm. there's, uh, you know, swimming underwater, which is straight out of, like, the Poseidon Adventure. Like, all these, like, cool things. Like, I fucking had a blast watching those portions. That is something that I see in these movies all the time. Would you be able to fucking swim underwater for wreckage and just hope? Absolutely not. 1,000% no. I saw that, and even Panatucci's like, oh, let me just go get my fucking 800 freestyle in. I was like, no. What? No, I'm dead. Yeah. Like I'm a hundred percent like I do the guy where like I'd be hiding in it like it was the stairs at the pool hoping the tentacles didn't see me. I can't fucking swim underwater and just pray. No. Yeah. I can't like do that. Like, well, I don't know what's on the other side. I'm like, fuck that. I'll just die. Here. Forget it. <laughs> fuck it out. He's like, I'll fire two shots. And I'm like, cool. I'm just going to jerk off until I die. <laughs> like, I'm, out. Like, cool. I'm not swimming underwater in wreckage. I would rather become, you know, I would rather become skin. I, okay. We haven't talked about this part yet. The, it's one of my favorite, like, nautical or aquatic uh, kind of tropes of these movies is that we can swim really far on one breath. And I was like, go to your local pool. Yeah. Just see how long you can hold your breath right now with no trade. And again, I 
uh, don't what? treat my body as nice as some people. Right. If I could well, stay but, under for a minute without being physical pain, I'd be shocked. Well, that was my question. And that's but, not swimming. That's just. Yeah, like I'm at rest. If I'm at rest underwater and just sort of sitting there, I can maybe go 45 seconds without being like, yeah, I'm going to die. And then, and then we've got our fucking airtight Chinese illegal guns. Yeah. We're wearing, like, full 90s, like, fucking hacker outfits. Probably. Got- also, <laughs> probably my favorite iteration of, like, 90s, like, random guns are, like, the handheld <laughs> the handheld spinning cannon. I'm like, this is the greatest. greatest it definitely greatest. was designed uh, to meet the Nerf market. Greatest <laughs> mercenary that guns that gun ever. is a Nerf gun. Absolutely. <laughs> like, best mercenary guns ever. That <laughs> scene when they bust in and the fireworks go off, and they're like... <laughs> and they all look at each other and go, whoa! And they shoot again like they're fucking Bill and Ted. I was like, that scene sums up. This movie's just constantly going, whoa! And refiring it. <laughs> just I, for the fun of it. So the first time, so like, you know, Jamon Hansu is like, I've got blood. You're like, all right, cool. So somebody died here. Great. When they get to that galleyway that's just littered with like, how would you describe these bodies? Because the bodies are awesome. Like yeah, that they're whole, essentially, it's, it's like a whole like husks, fucking right? menagerie of uh, digested yeah. husk. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like just enough of us. There's like a putrescence right that's a good word for it putrescence i like that yeah and so they're they're kind of covered in like what looks like melting clay right like yeah. a tool video yeah but you still see the like skeleton it's fucking awesome it's that first that's like I mean. the movie does the, the fucking all the dead bodies there's two like finding like tons of dead body rooms yeah and they're fucking awesome. The first a one, really cool moment through the galleyway. There is the one yeah. body that still has like its eyeballs. I was like, that is fucking mm. metal. Oh my god. Oh yeah, dude. And what kicks off the fight is when the dude steps on a skull and goes, and then all of a sudden, because they do this is another thing this movie does exceptionally well, right? The way that they have the monster interplay with the world at the start of the film. Yeah. Whether we see some water ripples. We see people being dragged and pulled in. But when you get to that galleyway room, the thing I thought was cool is we see it fucking bending the entire walls, right? We see it bending that door in. So you get a lot of run and fear, and we get the power and size of this monster. Yeah. Without having, I mean, we can fucking uh, just call it like it is. The CG in this movie is fucking terrible. Okay, it's, it's, it's 1998. Like, I, I don't care. Like <laughs> It's bad. But see, I think the tentacles work. It's fine. I think the the monster's body doesn't is one of the biggest abominations put to screen. Yeah, not size, and it's an abomination of the depths. Like it looks, it looks bad, horrendous. But if you keep it just tentacles rolling down a hallway, right? That looked pretty good. It's fine. I don't care. I think they like, just made a classic error where it's like we need to see the big monster. Yeah, and like, they just couldn't deliver. I'm sure the big that's monster. a nice studio note studios fuck you right now yeah. for sure um but you know it's like a nice studio note of like hey we gotta see this thing like unless yeah unless they fucking come to an agreement with the strikers by the time you hear this they won't but uh, if not fuck you yeah if not, seems like fuck off. um but like yeah this like huge tentacled monster i would have been fine without the reveal but you know that's just like you can't get out of, you can't get out of well, these it's monsters also, it's just the one of those guy. yeah and it is it's such a dumb moment it's like now it picks him up Whereas before, it's a monster that eats by slurping you in, right? I think yeah, he says yeah. it. Oh, it's an otai. Oh, yeah. You I'm know, like, it's it, 10 oh, feet. They're a pencil. At 100 feet, 
they are big enough to eat a shark at three thousand. You do the math, and it's like, well, what? <laughs> like, I love, I, I love that because I was like, oh, okay, thanks, Mister Nautical Although Guy. I was like, they they couldn't just say like a creature we maybe have heard of. <laughs> like, I watch a lot of nature documentaries when I'm high. I've never heard of this thing in my life. I think my f- um, my favorite though is that explanation <laughs> though comes from <laughs> the rich guy, and I'm like, oh, is it? Oh, is it? Thanks, rich guy. Appreciate that. Yeah, again, like a Wes Anderson character, it's nice to have the recreational time to just research <laughs> nautical beast, you fuck. You know? You're, you're, go you're, ask the guy Go ask the guy making the burgers for all these rich, orgy, fucking yeah, tired right? rich fucking, people. The fucking, hey, hey, do you know a lot about creatures that live at 40,000 feet? He's like, dude, I got five orders. The fucking, insur- <laughs> the fucking insurance fraudster while building the biggest Ponzi scheme to build this giant boat. Like, Bernie Madoff's everyone onto a boat, and then he's like, also, I've researched a lot about the Nautilus. <laughs> And I love. I just love literature, <laughs> reading. It's like, God damn it! I'm also known as Nemo. No, you're not. Yeah, it's so. <laughs> Call me Little Nemo. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We're not going to Slumberland with you. You're a creep. You're a creep. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But you, but you have to. You have to see the monster. I get the rule. I guess they just didn't pay it off. And all of a sudden, it's a thing that slurps you like a drink. I like that. And he's like, he doesn't eat you. He drinks you. And I was like, yeah. great fucking line. Absolutely awesome line. And then we see the monster like holds him up to like a mouth with teeth. And then he pops his eye out. The popping the eye was fine, but I was like, the movie had done such a good job without that yeah, moment. Yeah, it was totally and that's fine. Like, that that becomes a thing now that's like hung on it in infamy. Yeah, right. It's like Lawnmower Man when like that CG started. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that I think has kind of been embraced in like a cult way, like how fun it looks now. Yeah, yeah. This will not happen with this movie. Um, but it is kind of the the rare misfire of the movie. It, it's, so I was watching it, and I was like, as it, cheesy as I remember this movie, I was like, this movie does not make very many mistakes, right? So if you just go character by character, right? We got Finnegan first. That's Treat Williams. Treat Williams is fucking crushing in this movie. Treat Williams has always been a really funny guy. Yeah. This movie kind of finds that, like, beautiful sweet spot for him, right? Like, I love the opening of the movie where we just, we're hanging out with Treat. Mm-hmm. He's doing his, like, I don't ask questions. I'm just a guy here doing my job, blah, blah, blah. But then when Panatucci's getting his fucking ass kicked for being nosy, which I was like, guy, come on. Like, I know we need to know there's torpedoes. I was like, you would never fucking survive the sea doing this. Yeah, come on. And he goes in and he saves him, right? And he's just a fun, like, jokes guy. Like, all right, don't kill my mechanic. And then he whips into action, right? He's got that gun right at uh, fucking, what's his name? Mamuli's throat. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, yeah, dude. Treat Williams is a really good man in action. Yeah, and he's a I, little bit of an older gentleman at this point. He's fucking crushing this role. I think what I like Treat Williams is in this again. Treat Williams is just always one of those. He's one of those like utility actors because like the thing that I remember Treat Williams most from besides the Phantom, I guess, would be, uh, I think he's in the sequels of the Substitute because Tom Berger, uh, uh, Tom Berenger is the first Substitute, and then I think Treat Williams does like the other sequels if i remember correctly i could be wrong but like that's like the one or maybe he's the original but either way like there's something about the timbre of his voice and the way he operates in certain scenes that is just so like yeah so so he is he is in the substitute okay, too cool. i see it right he's, here on his letterbox he nailed that substitute too. I almost out said substitute too 
I almost said Tom yeah, Bergeron, but, but what, I remember that's the what AFC I love guy. about Treat Williams. Right? Is he just he perfectly catches what this movie needs to be? Because mm-hmm. I remember this was something uh, I watched because my parents were like obsessed with Seinfeld. Right? My younger brother's obsessed with it. We never missed an episode. I like Seinfeld too. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I'm more of a curb man as I age, but aren't we all? They talked about somewhere something I was watching. Right? And they talked about when they were casting Kramer. It's like I need a guy who can open the door and just immediately be funny right like he opens the door funny not a guy who can open a funny door right i think treat williams a great representation of that kind of casting philosophy right because he manages to be so funny without he's not fully ever doing the like wink and nod at the camera i mean he's as close as you can be just looking right at the camera and saying Ain't this great? Ain't I a stinker? Is it just because right? he's, char- he's just charming? I feel like that's what it is. Oh, I mean, charm off the char- And actually, recently passed away, R.I.P. Treat Williams. Um, just like a really like lovable actor. But yeah, his, his charisma in this one. And literally, as people are being drank, he's doing a meet cute with Famke Jansen that's just working yeah. on every fucking Absolutely level. Incredible. It's just working. Those two are amazing together. Yeah. And I just... I. I just love Treat Williams in this because, yeah, he goes, he's fully Bugs Bunny, but also he's fully get off my plane. Yeah. He's just like he's in that perfect middle yeah, that's, ground. That's a great way to put it. This is like perfect. The, the like mid to late 90s was that time where like Harrison Ford was, was right before Harrison Ford was too old to play middle aged. Mm hmm. And Treat Williams sort of is the same way. Like, Treat Williams didn't is... didn't have de-aging technology yet? Yeah, we didn't de-age anyone. <laughs> we just sort of, like, gave them... We, like, you know, we, like, spray-painted their hair brown. Like, yeah. still young. He's fine. Nature was still beating us at that point. Yeah. yeah. It was... <laughs> but Treat Williams is just, like, this conventionally handsome guy who just did a good job subbing as the guy who didn't age as bad. I think that's the best way I've put and and then on top of that, super charming and like charismatic on screen. So he's fun to watch. I, I, I truly And I, like shockingly good at the action. Yeah. Like shouldn't be as good as he is. Like has no right to be no. as good as he is at the action. But he really does like he really does put in the work. It's it's cool. Didn't you say that he was not supposed to be the guy in this movie. Yeah, originally it got offered to Harrison Ford, and Harrison Ford turned it down. So Treat Williams came in. So I guess this is all sort of makes sense. Like the like the sub yeah. Harrison Ford makes sense. Yeah, and that that makes sense why he kind of felt. But this is the thing, I love Harrison Ford. I do too. His his devil may care charming thing comes with like a, but I'll still whip your ass. Yeah. Right. He he is not as effortlessly charming as Treat Williams is. That's not an insult. No, not at all. He he he's a fucking magnetic personality. I actually point, right the way. But Treat Williams is like he's like a Jimmy Buffett song, dude. He comes in like a nice <laughs> island breeze. You know what I mean? Treat Williams is a Jimmy Buffett song on a hot day, baby. This here's this is the difference between <laughs> Treat Williams and Harrison Ford. And the Poseidon Adventure moment, Harrison Ford would go, fuck this. And he would walk the other way and, like, shoot his way out. Treat Williams like, yeah. I will pu- I will press on. Harrison Ford's like, no, I- I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not swimming yeah. underwater to just somewhere unbeknownst. Harrison Ford would find the pop top, shoot it, beat it with the whip, and ride off with the girl. Treat Williams would slip on a pop top and just say, 
I have a bad feeling about today, and it would be awesome. And it would yeah. be awesome. <laughs> like, I think that was funny. Different. That's that's Tree Williams and Harrison Ford for this role. It's different actions, same result. Like, it's the perf. It's still great, no matter what they decide, who they decide to do uh, in this role. Their actions are different. The result is still devil may care, charming. I would follow that guy wherever he chose to go, actually. I, oh, yeah, fun. for sure. It's Treat fun. Williams, he's kind of the beating heart of the movie, right? We got Famke Jansen, who's doing our classic Lady in Red. Who got cast like three days into shooting, by the way. Really? Yeah, it was originally Claire Forlani, if you are a Meet Joe Black mm. fan. Or Mallrats. Um, and she had she was like three days into shooting, and she left the movie over creative differences. <laughs> Which was the funniest thing to read. I was like, what creative differences could you have? It's like, hey, instead of I was like, is it because uh is it because Anthony Heald fucking slaps Fomka Jansen? I was like, was that the scene? She's like, I can't do this. I will not that be slapped in the face. Was another like Whoa. damn, we were still doing that back then. I was that was uh, I was like, it's ninety eight. We're hitting ladies still. Yeah. Jeez. He's doing that like rich, like these wrists are only for opening leather bound editions on Aquatic Beast. <laughs> that like kind of real like wimpy smack yeah. but still because famke takes it and she looks at him almost like you bitch how dare yeah. like she's I, gonna go back and knock his bitch. head off <laughs> yeah, you little piece of shit it's not one of those like when you get smacked and you're like oh fuck like i'm, I'm meeting an equal she gets smacked and she wants to go back and like strangle she's like are we go- are we doing this we throwing bows what's the deal he's just like chapter 22 <laughs> it's like what it's such a little like How interesting this is a man God. who's feeling himself way too much yeah that would have been great if Famke Jansen just fucking strangled He's him. He's just death. Bernie Madoff. All these people on a on a on a on his right. boat, knowing full well what's about to happen. And but yeah, she uh, has the audacity. She's to really slap this good thing. in this movie. She she's really fucking good in this movie. She's very good. Uh, she because this is the thing. I don't think you see Famke Jansen do the comedy as much. Like it, when we were younger, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, she became Jean Grey. But I think a lot of us, it was Zinia on, on the top. on the top. Zinia on the top. Uh, still one of the top five favorite Bond names ever. She kills you by s- fucking crushing your your thighs and chest. I still occasionally will just like mention this to my wife, hoping that you know as her frustration with me builds, she'll just go start training, like one of those ladies on Instagram <laughs> that smashes watermelons with her thighs. I it's just like, do that to me someday. Put me out of my misery. I do occasionally find myself thinking about like the in Goldeneye, uh, her death scene. It's like this yeah. woman dies tra- like dies horrifically, leaving like strangled to death by a helicopter. And Pierce Brosnan has the fucking call to go, she always did love a good squeeze. I'm like, Jesus, man, like, come on. Those fucking Bond movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh I remember it's that one, the one we watched with Brian with Denise Richards. It's like, oh my God. Christmas only comes once a year. I mean, they just. I mean, James Bond never gave a fuck. Yeah. I did read a funny thing when I was uh, researching this movie that Famke Jansen and Summers kept getting in fights because every scene he's like, we got to dollar up. And she's like, I'm, I'm an action hero i'm like in the water like i don't want to look pretty the whole movie he's like you gotta look pretty that's what's <laughs> they were like fighting back and forth oh, dude at least i i thought it was a nice thing in the movie when it's like yeah we're about to die and, and he just goes do you want pants all right and then she gets to dress like she's a 90s hacker for yeah, the rest yeah. of the movie 
like that. And I was like, good for you. Good. Like, because they, they made her do that whole movie. Oh, dude. It's like when, when I saw Resident Evil in the theater. Yeah. And I was like, damn, Alice really like doing all these kicks at fucking Doc Martens, a Fonzie jacket, and a skimpy ass red dress. Yeah. That seems not ideal for combat. I was glad when they, I was glad when she <laughs> did do the change. I was like, good. Because I don't want to do another one of these where like, like, the, like women in action movies shouldn't, and I, I look, women in action movies should not be wearing heels. I don't understand that. I don't get it. Like, I get it from an aesthetic point of view, I guess. But either way, it's just like never functional. It makes no sense to me. I'm, I think we're finally I mean, coming to that conclusion. Like, cause like the Batman, Catwoman's not wearing heels finally. And then, um, you know, <laughs> Wonder Woman's finally got yeah. boots. Like, but it was just one of those things where I was just like, don't yeah. make me do this in the like. Don't make me do this '90s part, and I'm glad they did. Just twisted, unloved directions around the earth, just screaming, "God, woman, heels!" <laughs> That's the last thing I have. Why is like, she wearing heels? <laughs> Why does your dick look like a Cheeto, dude? Get out, and see grass. <laughs> God damn, leave that thing alone. <laughs> Their little dicks looking like uh, young Leonidas and Spartan training. Dude. Oh yeah, it's getting peed nah. on No. <laughs> If a woman can't fight in heels, that means you're a cub. The wolf can see him. He knows. <laughs> Q got me again. Like they just like, they're fully enraged. <laughs> if, you, if you honestly have ever once wasted a thought in your life about Catwoman's foot gear. Yeah. You, you're watching guys, the Guys, just movies. reach out. You need help. You yeah. need fucking Come like, to our Discord. We used to do a comic book show. A oh comic book podcast. So, like, we're pretty familiar because people would like message us like hey man are you guys gonna talk about how they downgraded the tits on lola rabbit and you're like uh lose this email yeah <laughs> lose this email new email who dis? like yeah no, yeah, no absolutely yeah. Not. we're grown men we jerk off to things that are what grown men jerk yeah. off to right? exactly <laughs> better homes and i gardens. don't ever want to get into that conversation but yeah it's like guys i don't care about the tits on a bunny <laughs> <laughs> I, but that was a question that came up, and I'm like, I don't want to ever talk about. It. I, oh, it was always something. It's like, can you believe they're desexualizing women in comics? And I was like, yes, they're <laughs> good. They're cartoons. They're, they're they're cartoons. Are you right? They're not. Yeah, they're not coming to your house and fucking using a fucking grinder on your blow up yeah. dolls' tits. That's like, one of those things where I freedom. somebody asked. So I remember <laughs> we did the comic pod. Somebody asked us that, and I was like, they're. What are you reading the comic books for? Are you okay? Yeah. Like, that's one of those yeah. things where you just want to, like, check on someone. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but bag and board the books, not yourself, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it was so absurd, dude. But, yeah, I was yeah, glad they when got When the government him, comes and tries to take the, the giant fucking quadruple D tits off your blow-up doll, then we can have a discussion about personal freedoms. <laughs> You know what I mean? Until that and point, cancel culture. Until, Until that then, point, Barbie yourself. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, just go for a walk, dude. Yeah, get your fucking ten thousand steps a day and watch how it changes your life. Yeah. That's what I would say to our friends out there. Breathe we're the not air, here to friends. fucking bury you. We're here to we're show you a way out. It's okay. Get your ten, get your ten thousand steps, brother. If you're upset um, about heels and movies, yeah, I'll let you on the Discord if you, for if free. You are, if you think this movie is worse when Famke Jansen is dressed like Panatucci. You're wrong. She's still an amazingly capable, she's awesome. Absolutely she's just awesome. really fucking good at it. And she's really good at the banter uh, with Treat Williams, which you got to. Uh, Panatucci might be one of the most annoying characters ever in a movie. <laughs> Kevin J. O'Connor is a great actor. Yeah. But it's almost like he is an unfinished person. And he has this like 
ultra grating like Shaggy from Scooby Doo voice going. Yeah, it's it's a struggle. And so me personally, at the end when Joey shows up on the surfboard, I was like, ugh, oh god, <laughs> great actor. It, but I felt like so uh, when the captain of the fucking mercenaries, he's sitting there holding the table. Oh, dude. right. He looks like a he looks like the guy from uh, fucking training. You ever had your shit pushed in? Actually, he, lo- he looks like that. And you're like, what's going on? He and looks he's being like slowly eaten. He looks like the captain in Goldeneye. The first time the Xenia on top kills someone on screen. Like, that's right. Ooh, uh, yes, that's great. That's exactly the face. And you're like, what's he doing? And then he looks at Fanatucci and he's like, you know, he's doing the fly, like, give me the gun. And I thought this is one of my favorite moments of the movie. He gets the gun. This is the best moment of the movie. he tries to fucking shoot uh, Joey. And Joey just goes, you You asshole. asshole. (laughs) And he runs away. And I was fucking dying. Like, what a great fucking beat to write in the movie. This guy so fucking hates Joey. (laughs) And then he goes to kill himself. Yeah. No bullet no, left no because of his fucking hatred of Joey. I And he gets a, oh, dude, that scene is fucking hilarious. So I was watching this last night. I had like, I had yesterday, like one of the worst work days I've ever had on record. Like it was truly just a tremendously shitty day. I had to pause the movie and Andrea was like not paying attention because she's like, sometimes when I watch these, she's just not watching them with me. I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard. Because I was just like, that might be one of the best action scenes in a non-action scenes in an action movie. Is someone, someone does something like not even mildly honorable, just like ah, eh, whatever, it's fine. And is like, you asshole, like that. Oh, that was fucking. That is dude. the funniest fucking <laughs> thing. That's like, a, and I honestly thinking about it too, because I thought about this last uh, after I saw it. Because Steven Summers does this with The Mummy, too. Like, there are a lot of these just great bits in The Mummy. That yeah. might be just what Steven Summers does better than a lot of people. Is like, he these, just has a good these eye comedy for it, bits. Yeah. Like, these are really, that's yeah. a really funny joke. I, well, it's also, it's, he, he does what I love is that the joke never comes at the expense of what we're doing. No. Right? We do the joke in this moment of pause. Mm-hmm. It's a nice moment of levity. And then we're back into that guy being absorbed, right? Yeah. And this is a movie that never asks us to take the horror of this movie seriously. No. Right? That's not the movie this is. Even though there are moments that are grotesque, watching the captain get fucking folded in half. Yep. That guy right? that they like oh, fuck. They shoot out of the guy's guts, which is awesome. Yeah, that was fuck. Yeah, he turns around, he's like, ah. No, like it's fucking Ricky or whatever the fuck. It was the guy on the boat who kept saying "chick with the muscles." Isn't that chick with the muscles? Oh, was that, was, was that the Kano guy? Yeah, I think. It was yeah, whoever. Guy. No, because Kano was the big Australian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And they that, just they do such a good job with the crew. I love the fucking crew. Yeah, the mercenaries right? are great, dude. Uh, fucking what's his name? Demon Haju getting fucking murdered. Yeah. By the axe, by the billionaire that guy was fucking got murked, that, man. Not that's cool. a great moment, right? They're opening up the safe to get all their shit, and just an axe buried in. Like, what a great, like, truly shocking moment. Awesome. Like, who saw that fucking coming? I think it was good. It was just, yeah, it's a really it good thing to have mo- a movie like this, and it not just be monster kills. Like, I think this is like a thing that this movie does better than a lot of the other movies. Is like sometimes people also fuck up and kill people. Like that's. Especially in this kind of thing, I, I liked that a lot. Like, 
it well, was, they, they do this. They kind of address good, it right on the nose, shocker. which they have these super guns, right? Yeah, yeah. They are never shown to really do anything. Every time danger starts, they literally just show everyone. No, these guys shoot like stormtroopers. Like you never, it, they never it's hit exactly anything. Exactly how the Ghostbusters shoot their proton packs. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> it's like so they're just kind of showing the fucking like absurdity of this. Like we have these guns against this giant fucking underwater beast. Yeah, but it's just kind of like laughing at a trope of the the genre. Right? Yeah, yeah. Panatucci's falling. How do I use this up? Oh, he's falling around, dude. It's it's good. But they have some moments in there that really work, right? I think Mamuli gets done wrong because he's just such a fucking pervert. Yeah. Right? He's trying to uh, assault the lady because he's like, I never done Korea. And then he's in the boat. And he's just like, oh, fucking nudie topless pick. That's another thing I love on any boat movie. Like Event Horizon even has Yeah, this. you got to have nudes. The guy who like goes to space and he's like, I just need to see tits all the time. I know this yeah. is like a work opportunity. We're here to it's, work, but like if I could just have tits everywhere. I think in Event Horizon it's particularly fascinating because like this is the future. Like people can send messages yeah. back to Earth from Neptune like instantaneously, but yet yeah. it's like oh And man. he has to explain science to us by fucking poking a pencil yeah. through a porno page. <laughs> oh, love that. Dude. I just I love those guys. It's like when my what uncle yeah. when I was a kid, my uncle Ken had a garage where he fixed cars and he'd wander in and it would just be like Budweiser. And it'd just be like a chick leaned over a car with her fucking giant fake tits hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right. Like, uh, you often just do you want to be like fucking really cranking on an engine and look up and be like, oh, great. I have an erection now. Nice. Now I'm just fucking like sweaty and greasy and overalls. It's 100 degrees in here. And I just have to keep working with an erection. I just truly love the thought of somebody. <laughs> yeah. Just working, working, looking up fake tits. Nice. This is why I do nice. it. Click, sick. Click, yeah, click. now I have an erection that I can't fucking do anything with because I'm in arc welding gloves. You know what I mean? Like, this is fucking horrendous. This is terrible. I'm in the machine shop. <laughs> so I love that fucking trope, but Mamuli's so fucking drawn in by the tits that he gets unceremoniously dragged out. Yeah. So he doesn't get a lot of run, but the scene, the guy who gets the really good scene is Jason Fleming. Yeah. When he has his, like, we're going to make our stand... That scene's really fucking well acted. Yeah. Like, everyone's really bought in. It's this real fucking tense moment because Wes Studi has the fucking gun on him because now he's with Finnegan. And they're all like, dude, we can just go. Like, I'm going to my boat. Yeah. Like, you can fucking kill me if you want. I'm going to my boat. And watching, uh, I think his name's Mulligan, right? Mulligan? Morgan? Which one? Anyways, whatever his name is. Uh, Jason Fleming. Jason Fleming's character? No, he's Mulligan. Okay. I just called him. Jason so watching Fleming. him. Yeah. Watch it. Watching him like they finally kind of subside. And he's like, he knows the monsters behind him. He has his like awesome last stand and gets got. That's a really good, like tense moment in the middle of the film. Right. And Heath and I were having this debate last night involving a script we're writing. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how the mechanics of some of these horror movies work. Right. And it's this it's this issue you have in, in movies like this. Everyone who watches this movie, they immediately know, within 95% certainty, that Treat Williams and Famke Jansen are going to get out, Mm -hmm. and that almost everyone else is going to die. So how can you build true suspense when even the average moviegoer knows how this works? They know that these guys are not fucking getting out of here. Right. Right? You know they're dead immediately when this movie starts. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and you know immediately who's going to fucking be riding that jet ski and that comically amazing ending out of that fucking boat. Absolutely. And when you know with almost complete certainty how this is going to work, right? Every Disney movie, right? You know the fucking parents can die, mm -hmm. but everyone else will probably be okay. Maybe, like, the villain gets a horrifying death like in Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, you know exactly how this is going to play out. So how do you still derive suspense? And I think this moment is where you do it, right? Because you don't know, like, Jason Fleming could lose it and kill West Studi and change the course of these men through the boat. Right. They're still going to the exact same destination. But that was a real moment where I paused watching the movie and was really affected by the tension of that scene. Yeah. And so I think I think that's... There's just it's just constantly doing really good scene work. I feel like in this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's what's I think what's interesting. Like when T. Ray and Mamuli get got, you're like, no suspense. Yeah. Knew that was coming. That was absolutely gonna happen. Saw the trail or saw the poster. Yeah. Knew it. This is a really nice breath of fresh air moment. Yeah, I think that that's something that's really unique about Deep Rising is again like the biggest advantage Deep Rising has is that it does not. It knows the kind of movie it is. Everybody yeah. in it knows the kind of movie they're making, except for obviously that one engineer. And then the other thing is just like all of them are buying into the fact that this is the movie they're making. So when that kind of scene happens, it is so off kilter and kind of like shocking that it actually does create the real tension. I think like you're you're right. Yes, like, you that's you what see it is. for the first time a character really struck by the weight of what's happening, right. and right. that's what makes it suspenseful. Well, they right? stopped before doing it's all this, like, let's like, just fucking swim to freedom. And you're like, well, that's right. Not something everyone can do. Well, they stopped doing this thing, which is like. They stopped doing the action scene stuff. Like what it is, is like when you stop doing an action scene or an action movie and you stop for like 20 minutes to like or sorry, 20 is too long. But you stop for like five minutes to do like a waiting for Godot thing. Mm -hmm. It's a fucking movie, man. <laughs> Waiting for Tenko. Waiting for waiting for Otai. <laughs> Is that fucking guy coming? I know he's got to come up from 4,000 feet where I do the math. I mean, Jesus. my God, come on. <laughs> my Nautilus told me so. It's just a great scene, man. Like, it really, they, that's the thing. They it's always good. find these, like, nice little moments. Everyone on the cast is really funny. And the thing, this movie has a big ending, right? Yeah. I would say... The ending of the movie, I, I like pretty well, right? The the turning your boat into the fucking yacht to blow it up. Or the cruise ship. It's way bigger than it. Yeah. The jet skiing is fucking hilarious, right? It's kind of got these, like, machinations. I'm like, all right, we're doing this big, goofy action yeah, ending. Yeah. It's very funny. Like, me and Amy were dying laughing as the jet ski, like, flew out of the ship. Awesome. You knew it was coming, right? too. You're just and he's like, like, come on, it, man. Get to this it, thing. Right? Yeah. And I fucking thought that was hilarious. Loved it. He shoots the monster in the eye grape. The thing I don't know that it gets, it had to get right. The, the moment you have to get right in the end of this movie is the death of our woman-slapping insurance fraud billionaire. Yeah. He's the one who melted down the entire mainframes, mm -hmm. right? So we've got his character doing his bit, right? Why would you do this, man? We're running at full capacity. He's like, it takes way more to run a fucking orgy ship than you think. Yeah. And I was like, dude, they have a casino on board. Mm -hmm. If you have a casino you're and you're fine. not making money, something is you're wrong. You're fucking bad. You are. Yeah. These people are betting so much money at a time, right, per bet in a place like this. 
that you should be fine, but he cannot meet expenses. So whatever kind of fucking Hellraiser, Fifty Shades of Otai rooms he's got fucking hanging all over. He's got like a little fucking like niptorium where like little Otai <laughs> fucking liquefy your nips or whatever. Whatever kinky shit he's got on this boat, he's never going to be in the black. And the boat's worth about a half a billion dollars. And there's this great moment at the end. So we see what a scumbag he is, this and that, right? And at the end, he goes, it's sinking. Ah, it's sinking. And he smiles, and you're like, you fucking asshole. And he runs away. It looks like he's going to get free, right? Treat Williams kind of shoots him off, and you're like, why did Treat Williams not have that moment right there? Yeah. And I think there's this really brilliant moment where he jumps off the boat because he's going to steal Treat's boat. Right. Finnegan's boat. He jumps, and his leg fucking snaps. And that is... I fucking was cringe at that scene when he tries to step through the door on his broken i can't do fucking broken bone shit yeah like i'd say every time i see a kid skating on a youtube i'm like scroll 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 yep. i can't do it so i was like repulsively <laughs> but watching him get spun back into the ship to blow up i was gonna ask i was like is that a cathartic enough ending for canton because this is kind of the beat you know the monster's gonna die you know Treat and Famke are getting out of that boat. That's the movie we're in. Canton has to fucking karmically pay the price. Was watching him with his broken leg go, ah! like through the windshield, was that enough for you? No. Was that your pound of flesh you needed? No, I think the same. I thought the same thing. Like That was like probably the one sort of thing I didn't like about this movie is because he did not have the... It's not the proper level. It's the same thing that I have. It's not the right level of comeuppance. Like, you can't... This is something that happens in the movie um, The Patriot with Mel Gibson, too, is Jason Isaac's comeuppance at the end of the movie is not enough. Like, this man killed two there of this guy's kids. There are some characters, kids. it's not enough, yeah. Like, you killed two of this guy's kids, and the best you can muster is stabbing him in the throat with a, like, fiery bayonet tip like that's it like no torture no no like it just doesn't quite do it and i think because and i'm not like this isn't a jason isaacs level villain in the slightest <laughs> the the bernie madoff guy the bernie madoff version of this guy like it's you know what makes him so villainous though is that he never drops the smug i'm yeah, better than exactly. everyone like he captures so perfectly that Human beings are my play. I mean, think about how many fucking people die in this movie specifically because of the button. I think because the comeuppance is so sudden and not like it. This is a Jason X level murder event. Yeah. Like it needs to be a. It needs to be a face the face the beast moment. Like that's like. Yeah. So you know what I thought? Right, because this gets if this was a twenty four, right? Everything has to be a fucking trauma metaphor. Mm-hmm. I thought what we needed in this, in the movie that came to mind that did this the best, was Anaconda. Okay, when we see John Voight from the gullet of the beast yeah. getting eaten, yeah, and when he spits him back out, even though he winks, right? Yeah. Like I'm fine, but he's not. He's fucking digested. He. You know, even though he's still trying to present that I'm cool. Hey, baby bird, it's all right. And he winks. He's not he's not all right, baby bird. Right. I wanted to see that. He talks about how they drink you. Yeah. 
I wanted to see him really suffer what he had done rather. And I know this movie famously was plagued by the budget got dropped a lot. That's why they lost Harrison Ford. Yeah. They had, I think the CG and post-production went on for like an extra year plus. Jeez. Because they were having so much trouble figuring out budget and effects. So like it famously didn't, like they might not have just been like, we have what we need to do a really awesome uh, that fucking dog shit clip art monster eating Canton. <laughs> yeah. So it is a, it's a, it's a fine death. I love that he like gets the broken leg and all that, but I was, I did think he needed to die by the ocean. Right. That's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, about. I think so too. I think that's the problem is like he abused the ocean. He must die by the yeah. ocean as well. He was died by the torpedoes he brought to sink his luxury ship. And I was like, all right, that makes some sense. But yeah, you know, it's not as there. good as like him getting, yeah. you know, you know, slurpy pouched into the belly of the beast. That's what I'm saying. It could have been way more fun. I agree. But I love the cut, too, when we go to the island nearby. When Treat Williams is looking under the hood of the jet ski and he's like fried or whatever. Like, it can't, I was like, that's such a fucking funny. Image. Awesome. <laughs> and then third wheel shows up on the fucking surfboard. You're like, oh, great. So now, right. like, he doesn't get to Fook for sure. He, I love that his solitaire game was also going game, game over. Game over. The fucking Canton. <laughs> it's like, is solitaire that hardcore in the 90s? It's like, game I over, love bitch. That. Game over, bitch. <laughs> but, no, I don't get to see the cards go. Yeah. Yeah. Never again. The little bouncing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I just thought it was cool because he's like, I'm stuck in this island with Famke Jansen. This ain't this bad. Ain't bad. Oh, and then hey. Joey shows up. What's and up, he's third like, wheel? No. Oh, well, because Joey's like, I could. Did I see from the water scoop that you were about to get it in scoop? Oh, I can boy. go. Yeah, I can go for a walk. This is a like, nice place. I'll make right. it work. It's fine. Brr. What I love though, the giant roar. We see trees crashing and a volcano, and he's like, "What now?" Like they landed on Skull Island. Yeah. Okay, so my question. I to honestly you is, wish there was another one. Well, that was so my question to you. Yeah. To close that, I think that was hopeful thinking. To close it out though would be. What is the sequel title for Deep Rising? Because I thought that same thing. I was like, that would have been a cool sequel. What's the title, though? The Deep Have Risen. Mm. Right. So you need something that's like, it could be like Magma Rising, oh, right? That's like good. the volcano. Okay. It could be Nature Rising, Earth Rising. Right. Or it could be the other way. It could be crashing down on us now. Okay. That's good. Right. Because it looks like there's clearly a giant, giant beast yeah. or multiple. That and Mount Doom in the background. Through. They land on basically right. Mordor. Yeah, so now we're doing a full-on, like, giant monster movie on land. Yeah. Honestly, I, it's just with, with Steven Summers and Treat Williams and the cast they, they showed and the tightness of the script, I would absolutely have been ecstatic totally. to get another one of these. They did a great fucking job with it. And that's the thing. It's, it's a wonderful cast of actors, right? Just... A really underrated cast. The script is fucking so sharp. It's funny, but it's still thrilling. It has some good kind of like constructed scary scenes. But it, it it runs that perfect fucking line, right? Where it never takes away from itself by trying to be too tongue-in-cheek, I feel like. The tentacles, for the most part, work really well, right? The monster does not. The tentacles are good. Yeah. Canton is a very fucking hateable villain at the core of this movie. Yep. When it ended... I was sad to see it end. When you hear the roar, you're like, I would do another two hours right now. Yeah. I, I would stay on this couch and watch another two-hour adventure. I think I'd stick around. With yeah. Finnegan. I just I think it's an exceptionally well-done movie. And I think 
the goofiness of it is sometimes weaponized against it. We remember it and we're like, oh, the fucking dumb jet ski thing with that terrible monster. Like, jet ski's awesome. Jet ski's fucking righteous, dude. Like, come on. Like, you're saying that's the dumbest thing you've ever seen in a movie? Like, please. I mean, I think they actually did that in Speed 2, I was which is say, a I'm way like, inferior movie I'm to like, this. Speed 2 Cruise Control got away with it. I'm yeah. sure we can figure out how Deep Rising can make it work. Yeah. I'm I'm like Kenny Powers. I like to see my heroes on fucking jet skis. I like that. I don't disagree. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just think it's this wonderful blend of elements that make an ex- exceptionally entertaining movie. I agree. It's full of it. Four out of five stars. Love it, love it, love it, love it. It's That's f- it for Deep Rising. The pod got wit today, but we'll get wit next week. Uh, next week, we'll be discussing... Pro- it's hard. Is this the greatest underwater movie ever? The Abyss. It's probably Such one of the a good underwater ones. movie that James Cameron actually tried to kill the whole cast. By- yeah. <laughs> and Ed Harris still won't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Probably the best, like, full underwater, right? Not the best on the water. That's Jaws. But probably the best underwater movie is The Abyss. So really excited to add that to the list. Uh, Guys, we are fast approaching the October Mega Marathon. 31 days, 31 pods. We stand on the precipice of The Abyss now. Next week, probably, we'll start uh, revealing what we're going to be talking about, uh, get you some homework. If you follow us on all our social media, you'll be the first to find out. If you really want to be the first to find out, and make sure you get those three extra podcasts, right? Because you want to do 31. That's better than 28. You got to go to patreon.com slash Pod. The patrons are always the first to find everything out, and they're going to vote on the two Patreon-exclusive horror movies for the month. So they're going to have a big say in what we talk about. Actually, one of the franchises we kind of picked because we knew that our listeners wanted to hear it. So patreon.com slash pod helps give you a voice in what you hear from the pod. We hope you love the pod. Uh, and if you can be so kind to go support us over there, that would be amazing. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials. Make sure you're leaving five-star ratings and reviews anywhere and everywhere you find the pod. Thank you for spending time with us. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandy.